Hello, world. You are listening to Townley Money Basics, the podcast that helps you improve your financial knowledge. I am your host, Sean Townley. Welcome, world, to Townley Money Basics, the show that takes this big concept we call money and breaks it down into itty-bitty pieces so I can understand it better, and maybe you can too. Today, we're going to talk about the future of money. Now that it's getting towards the end of the year, I figured it'd be fun to see kind of where we've been and where we're going. So let's start off with a brief history of money in the USA, and we're only going to go back about 120 years or so. But in 1900, the U.S. goes on the gold standard. So think about that. About 120 years ago, we say, hey, our money needs to be kind of linked to something, and we decide that gold is the way to go. It'll be interesting to see how long we do that for. Back in 1950, the first credit card is issued. So think about that. Credit cards are everything for us today. You know, a lot of people use cash. Cash used to be king. That was literally true about 70 years ago. Not a lot of people had credit cards. And it was very difficult to get a credit card. Even me, back, and I know I'm old, but I, you know, even back in the 90s, it was still tough to get a credit card initially. You had to kind of get, jump through some hoops. You had to kind of show that you were worthy of having some things. So, I mean, I guess it was only been around for 40 years, which seems weird now because that was like, <laughs> wow. 30-something years ago. So credit cards have only been around for about 70 years now. So think about that. 1971, Nixon ends the conversion of dollars to gold. So like I said before, you could take your money and you were on the gold standard. And some of them, you can see them, the dollar bills had like a red stamp on them. They were backed by gold. You could go literally trade your money for gold. Now think about that today, how that would even look. I mean, money, the cost of money, what a dollar's worth has changed quite a bit over the years. But back in 1971, Nixon put an end to that. You know, So you may have heard of Fort Knox. That's where we keep all of our gold. And yeah, you could go literally change your notes for gold. But you can't do that anymore. In 1995, Wells Fargo opens up the first online bank. This is something else I think we take for granted, especially today. You know, doing all your banking online, it used to be not that long ago, I, and I worked for a bank for several years, that you had to go in to do pretty much all your banking. Think about that now. I mean, you can do everything on your phone. You can do it on your PC. Most people do it on their phone now. And it's interesting to think how it would be if you still had to go to the bank. You had to worry about whether they were open or not. You had to get there in time. Now you can do whatever you want pretty much 24-7. I mean, I know they're, they have some maintenance windows. I'm in IT, so I understand how that works. But yeah, you can make pretty much any time you want now going forward. And in 2009, the first Bitcoin transaction occurs. So think about that. That was, you know, only a little over 10 years ago, 13 years ago, that Bitcoin. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's talking about the the uh, cryptocurrency winner that's going on. Well, it's because it's brand new. People are still trying to figure it out. So think about that going forward. And in 2020, the U.S. Treasury announces that it is going to regulate cryptocurrencies. So normally you see technology come out ahead of time, and then you'll see that it takes a little while for the government to start to regulate it. And that's what we're kind of seeing in this iteration of what money is going to look like. So let's talk about going forward. What is money going to look like? The first prediction is digital banking becomes the norm. And I think this is already starting to happen. COVID certainly sped up the need for us to do contactless payments. Now, think about this. You don't reach into your wallet even to grab a credit card anymore. You just use your phone. You know, you use Apple Pay or Google Pay or Samsung Pay. It's contactless. It's a near-field transaction. And you you just, 
I think COVID really helped accelerate this. I think people were really hesitant up front. I mean, a lot of vendors didn't even have the means to do it. And now I see a lot of these point of sale transactions that are starting to change over. And and it's almost to the point now where if you see one and you're like, can I use Apple Pay? You don't even have to ask anymore. In the beginning, it was very like, oh, can I use my card Apple Pay? It was kind of a pain. You had to carry both cards and stuff. Now it's almost getting to the point where you can just carry your phone and do all your transactions going forward. So the next thing is banking is happening more online and on mobile devices. So what I was talking about earlier, where people like to go to the bank and get cash and do their transactions, meet with a person, shake their hand, have a personal banker. If you can imagine that people used to have their own bankers that they could do transactions, talk loans. Now it's all done online. You know, you can literally do that on your phone now today. And that's going to continue to be the trend going forward. And customers are no longer limited to local banks. There was a time when when you had to do banking in person, you were kind of stuck with whatever banks were in your neighborhood or in your area or your town or where you were willing to travel to. So think about that for a moment. Now you can almost bank with any bank anywhere on the planet. So yeah, things have been changing rather quickly. The next prediction, next prediction I should say, is robo-investing. All, all robo-advisors are growing in popularity. I know my son has, you know, he talked about opening a Robinhood account. And for young people and people that aren't used to investing, you know, this seems to be normal, right? You just kind of put some money in an account and then you tell it to kind of go do its thing. You're not talking to a person. You're not paying for those fees. They waived a lot of those fees going forward. That's interesting, you know, interesting to me that, you know, they're almost gamifying it, which could be good, could be bad. I mean, because you could lose real money going forward, but you can also buy partial shares too, which is kind of an interesting concept. You're buying it from them. Read the fine print though. You really need to kind of go in there and look and see what they're doing for you, what the value add is, because it may be in your best interest to go sit down with a financial advisor. I can't make the decision for you. It's just a recommendation. The next thing is cryptocurrencies are continuing to evolve. I know right now cryptocurrencies are getting a bad rap. I mean, they've lost a lot of value over time. FTX is going into the, you know, going away, that kind of stuff. And cryptocurrency, I mean, things are getting stolen. It's very scary with newer technologies when you're relying on them so heavily. So be careful with that. I mean, cryptocurrencies may be here. And they may evolve over time in 10 years. We may look back on this and kind of laugh a little bit, but there's going to be a lot of lessons learned. There's going to be more regulation involved. You just need to be prepared for that going far, you know, going by. And then game, gamification of investing can be attractive. And this is something that I think is starting to spook regulators that it, it almost seems like a game, like a video game, like you're putting money in, you're, you're buying credits and you're like in a, in a, in a world game where you're buying things and you're expecting to get, you know, extra credits and stuff like that. It's really not like that. But, you know, they, they're doing their best to make it easy for you to make it convenient. And you keep pumping money into the system and, and they see where they can go with it. Well, some of that is starting to crash a little bit. So just be careful with that going forward. Next thing, cryptocurrencies will continue to become mainstream. Like I said, we're kind of going through a winter situation where cryptocurrencies are getting a bad rap. But I think over time, once we figure it out, once it gets regulated a little bit, people may start to use this more and more. I think it's going to be the way of the future. I am concerned about the decentral, you know, decentralizing of money, which I know is a big thing behind crypto, not using nation states to be able to do that for us. But 
you know, you careful what you ask for, right? I mean, because there's a lot of bad actors out there that can do a lot of bad things. And with money just disappearing, it, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy yet. So it's something I tread very lightly around. I wouldn't put a lot into that myself. UBU, but uh, for me, I think I'm going to stick with the more traditional, more tried and true methods going forward. Not that they're not totally 100% safe or anything like that, but I think they've been around longer and I understand how they work and I can explain it to someone. Whereas cryptocurrency is something I maybe can't explain to you know a stranger. And that's one of Warren Buffett's things. If you can't explain an investment that you're invested in, then something's going to be wrong because things can go sideways and they often do. Right. With cryptocurrency, regulation will be will need to be in place to give confidence to crypto. And I think we're seeing that. So I think as more regulation comes in and people feel like they are not insured, but but at least assured of what the rules are going to kind of be. I think that will bring some stabilization to crypto. We'll see. And crypto could aid in the move to a cashless society. So, I mean, I think this is true. I think we're going to go cashless eventually anyway. It might not be in my lifetime. may not be even in your lifetime. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still unbanked out there. So I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play into it with cryptocurrencies. The next thing is countries will slowly move to cashless societies. I think we're already starting to see this. Some countries have highly leveraged it, especially company countries that are starting to have evolving middle classes like China, India, and even some of the established ones like Sweden. I mean, you're starting to see where they're doing all their banking through their phone. Even if you go up to a vending machine, you're able to use it. And so like Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, and maybe even some nation states will start to do this to where you can move money around where you're not physically using money anymore. You're kind of doing it through a digital sort of means of it. So look for that. Apple Pay and Google Pay continue to become more popular. I mean, just pay attention while you're out there. More and more places you go, you can use your Apple Pay or Google Pay going forward. So look at that. See what it means uh, to you and to them. What it, what, how the ease of it, I guess. You know, there's no transaction. There's nothing to skim there. But believe me, the bad actors are going to find ways to get, you know, their, get there. So you have to be mindful of your transactions. You have to keep track of those. Don't get lazy on me. I mean, whether it's physical money you're using or virtual money, you still need to keep track of it to make sure that everything's going in the right places. So, and then the unbanked people, of course, how do you get them involved? How do you get people excited about this? Now, the younger generations, you know, that already have a phone, maybe they have a digital wallet already. Maybe they will be excited about it. But, you know, some of us old timers, you know, we're going to be a little bit hesitant to change. We've been doing it the same way for a long time. And so we might be a little bit more hesitant. And I think that's what's going to kind of slow down the learning curve going forward. Next is data-driven currency will expand. Now, what does that mean? So the way we spend money will continue to build data trends. So everything we do is being captured in some form or fashion. People are looking at how we spend our money, why we spend our money, and for what value we spend our money. And I think that's going to continue to be a thing. It's kind of like having a voice. The way you spend your money, what you're spending it on, says something about you, right? If you want to be frugal and you're going to buy cheaper things, to get by, or if you're a minimalist, that's going to say things about you. If you buy top-notch brands, that's going to say something about you. I think, and and people are going to continue to want to sell that data to be able to market to you to, so that they can get more money from you. So be careful what you're spending on. What are you telling the world when you're spending the money the way you are? It's just something to think about. I wouldn't dwell on it too much, 
but you're going to be attracted to things that you want to spend your money on. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see how in the future that's going to turn out. I mean, a lot of the ways we spend our money kind of speaks to what our values are going forward. Think about where you're spending your money, what it's on, what you value, and I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself. So what do you think about the future of money? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at townleytech at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sean Townley, or check out my website, seantownley.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know about the future of money. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Townley Money Basics. Goodbye, world.